Think Tank, the podcast with me, Steve Adubato, is brought to you by these public-spirited organizations. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, RWJ Barnabas Health, Guarini Institute for Government and Leadership at St. Peter's University, the law firm of Gibbons PC, New Jersey Sharing Network, dedicated to saving lives through organ and tissue donation, Valley Bank, and by Johnson & Johnson. Promotional support provided by NJ.com, small news, big news, true Jersey, and by the New Jersey Business and Industry Association. Welcome to Think Tank, the podcast. I'm Steve Adubato. The program you're about to see was taped earlier this year. Clearly, so much has changed since then, and unfortunately, a lot of uncertainty and fear remain. But the content in this Think Tank podcast and the issues explored will still matter once we get through these very difficult times together. Most importantly, we hope and pray that you and your family are safe. So without further ado, Think Tank, the podcast. Welcome to Think Tank, the podcast. I'm Steve Adubato. We're coming to you from East Main Media Studios in beautiful Little Falls, New Jersey. I want to thank our very generous supporters, our underwriters, that make Think Tank, the podcast, possible. They include Horizon Blue Cross and Blue Shield in New Jersey, RWJ Barnabas Health, the Frank J. Guarini School of Business at the wonderful St. Peter's University and Gibbons PC. On this particular edition of Think Tank, the podcast, we go on location for a very compelling interview with um, two folks. And by the way, I'm going to bring in our good friend and, and guest uh, commentator for this, uh, former Governor Jim McGreevy, who's the chairman of an organization called New Jersey Reentry Corporation. Hey, Jim, how you doing, doing buddy? Great. It's, it's a beautiful day in Hudson County. Great. Hey, Jim, do us a favor. Set up this interview that we did on location. I believe it was at St. Peter's with Michael K. Williams, actor, founder of Making Kids Win, and also his nephew, Dominic DuPont, program director of Making Kids Win. Set this up for us. This was an annual conference that you and your colleagues at the Reentry Corporation have, correct? Yes. And, and so the, the focus was, the conference was obviously the struggle with opioid addiction and the relationship, Steve, between prison and the state of New Jersey and the amount of those suffering from opioid addiction. And Michael K. Williams, who has, has been in this space and is an advocate for New Jersey reentry and working in the community, and Dominic, his nephew, who just came home from, I believe, 20 plus years in state prison was arguing that in order to help people transition from state prison to home, that they need the services of New Jersey Reentry, not only for not only for housing and not only for legal, but also for, for medical, and that includes mental health and addiction services. And so we see with the fentanyl crisis, and, and Steve, I would just add, I mean, that this crisis wipes out everyone uh, regardless of income, status, race, religion, et cetera, that we had 3,000 people last year die, 3,000 the year before. Um, there's a slight downturn, but particularly for people coming out of prison, when their cravings are high to go back to dope and their resistance is way down because they've been in prison and they go back, if, if Jim's coming out of Northern State Prison, and I was doing 10 bags of, of heroin, and I come out and do that same 10, 10 bags when my resistance is very low, 
and now fentanyl is being laced throughout the heroin. Right. I am 129 times more likely to die of an overdose than the average American. And, and we see this in heartfelt letters everywhere from Summit to West Orange to Newark to Camden. And so what we do is we're in this space, and if somebody comes to us, Regardless. By the way, Jim, sorry for interrupting, Governor. When you sure. say we, um, New Jersey Reentry Corporation Jersey Re is dedicated to helping those who have been in prison when they come out to be prepared to reenter society in a meaningful, productive way. Is that a fair assessment? That's what we do. That's our mission. But I just also wanted to say that if any family member has a young, uh, uh, an adolescent, a young adult um, who needs addiction treatment services, whether it's detox or inpatient or outpatient, we will get them into treatment within 24 hours. That's our commitment. Also, let me, so let me do this, Jim. I'm sorry, Jim. I want to do, I'm going to make sure people understand who we're about to see on camera uh, in this very special edition of Think Tank, the podcast. Michael K. Williams is not only an actor that you will know, he played uh, Omar in HBO's The Wire. He was Chalky White in one of my favorite uh, programs on Boardwalk Empire, born and raised in Brooklyn. His nephew, if you will, uh, Dominic Dupont, who you also see here, he served over 20 years in prison when he was convicted of first-degree murder. He comes out as a very young man, though. So, Jim, pick up your point right there as we go into this interview and why it's so important. No, it's just understanding that, you know, that whatever, whatever the worst mistake is that we make in our lives, that should not determine the rest of our lives. And so, you know, what we do is, and Michael is sort of our champion in our ambassadorship program. An ambassadorship program is something that we've done with law enforcement. And I want to thank the attorney general. I want to thank the colonel of the state police and numerous police chiefs. It's with clergy. I want to thank Cardinal Tobin. I want to thank, you know, clergy throughout the state of New Jersey. It takes a lot and of folks. Yeah, and court-involved persons. So it's, it's getting people to say, all right, I'm out. I've got to keep this kid out, and how do we do that? And how do we support him with in the community, with new friends, new places? And how do we help law enforcement understand, and this kid understands, that law enforcement has a job to do, and that has to be respected. But if the kid has uses or has a meltdown, maybe we can look to treatment instead of throwing his backside back into jail and then back into prison. So it's trying to work together as a team to get people to stay healthy, to stay law-abiding. I mean, the, the frustrating thing for me, Steve, is when we get a guy out and he, he starts doing the right thing and he has a job and he has an apartment and he, he's in a healthy relationship, and then he goes out and does something stupid like relapses. You know, I, don't mind, I think it's a great idea to throw his backside in jail for a weekend, but if he winds up going into jail or prison for six months, Everything that we tried to establish, right. including the job, the apartment, just gets wiped away, and it's like hundreds of hours of work. Jim, stay right there, because we're going to be joined by Governor McGreevy, who is the chair of the New Jersey Reentry Corporation, right after this interview to offer some closing thoughts. Thank you, Jim. Stay right there. This is uh, an interview that we did, as I said, with Michael K. Williams, Dominic DuPont. This is Think Tank, the podcast, and this is a very powerful conversation. I work for Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield, and I'm a catastrophic case manager. I'm a nurse. 
I feel a sense of responsibility to each and every member that I speak with on the phone. I know where they live, I know their towns, I know the hospitals they go to. A lot of times I know their physicians and um, I love helping people at very difficult times of their lives. The job I have now is the perfect job for me. I think I was born a nurse. Hi, I'm Steve Adubato. Uh, we're in Jersey City at St. Peter's University, interviewing some fascinating people at a very important conference. It is the annual reentry conference. It's the road, it's actually called the road to salvation from addiction to employment. We've interviewed the first lady, Lieutenant Governor, former Governor McGreevy, who heads up the reentry corporation. Two gentlemen you're about to see on camera, a big part of this event. First, I want to introduce to my far right, Michael K. Williams, he's an actor, The Wire, um, one of my favorites, Boardwalk Empire. Uh, we're talking about his other work. And also your nephew, Dominic Dupont, program director at Making Kids Win, which is? Our non-for-profit. So Making Kids Win is an organization that Michael started, and I had the honor to partner and work with him for the sole purpose of making sure that we work with young people who have had criminal justice involvement and give them a space to channel their trauma through our programs. And the idea, the concept, the core concept of our organization is that we would find effective ways to make sure that young people have ways and people to connect with, to provide programs to. Our belief solely is, is that good programming is good security. Um, for the community and for, those, uh, for that individual specifically. Michael, let me ask you this. You're an active participant in this conference. Because? Um, well, mainly because of my, my, my past with, um, with addiction. You know, that is how uh, Governor McGrady and I, we met. We met at a, uh, at a uh, it was a local treatment uh, center in, right here in Newark. Um, we had well, met. Why were you, okay, you met Governor McGrady while you were in? I was treatment. No, while I was staying in Newark, um, there was a point in my life where, uh, where you know, Newark, the streets of Newark took care of me. You know. Um, How so? Were you doing the wire? Yeah, I was doing during the wire, and um, I was uh, I was struggling within my addiction, and I was while I was working, and I needed a uh, safekeeping to say the least, and I found that I found that refuge. On the streets of Newark, um, with a family right there um, on Isabella <laughs> Isabella Avenue, you know, South Orange and, and 18th. We're talking smack dead. In the South Ward North. Yeah, I never felt safer. And it was during that time, these five years, four or five years, I stayed in Newark, right there in the streets, while I was filming The Wire. I lit a large chunk of that. I lived wow. right in Newark. Yes, sir. While I was filming there, I met my brother and mentor and pastor, the late great Dr. Reverend Ronald B. Christian. Oh, Ron Christian. Yeah. What a Extraordinary yeah. man yeah. who so made a difference that, in the lives of so many. He, and mine included. It was, you know, we're talking about I'm a man now, my my 30s, and I didn't become a man until I landed on the streets of Newark because it was there, it was through in these streets that I, I had my relationship with God through the Reverend Ronald B. Christian and Christian Love Baptist Church. It was from those relationships that Reverend and I built together mm. that led me to Governor McGreedy and the work he started on me on my path to doing started here in the streets of Newark. Let's, let's talk about this. As I said, this is the annual reentry conference. We're at St. Peter's University in Jersey City. Um, Jersey City and Newark, in fact, two of the biggest cities in this uh, state. But this is a national phenomenon, a societal issue. And, and you, Dominic, um, you're not just Michael's nephew and doing important work right now, but your experience, your background. At 19 years of age, um, 
convicted of a very serious crime, a murder. Yes, sir. Spent how many years incarcerated? 20 years, seven months, and 18 days. It sounds like such a cliche. Need to ask you. The impact that had and has had on you, your life, and your view of life today is? So I think it's had a huge impact. You know, I spent some of my teens in prison, all of my 20s, all of my 30s, and started my 40s prior to being given the privilege of executive clemency from the governor of the state of New York. And the word clemency, which a lot of people don't really know what the root word of what that root word means is mercy. So, um, so my life was impacted in a really huge way by being extended mercy. Um, incarceration has had a huge impact on my life and, and on, on the lives of people that I care about that are really close to me. Mm. And that was the catalyst to me doing the work that I've done in prison. And that work has transcended from prison into the community. Excuse me, I want to be clear, that clemency, in large part, it came because of your work in prison, because of the impact you were having on others who were in prison. Yes, right? sir. Yes, sir. What? I need to ask you, why did you do that? Why did you feel the need to help others? Thank you. That's, that's a really great question. So the I suppose you I'll get out when I get out, because then I had a 25-year hit well, on that. Well, the minimum was 25 years. Could have been, okay, the I'm sorry. The maximum part of my sentence was life. life. So I could have never, ever been released had the parole board and the governor deemed that I had not been not only fit to be released, but fit to be released early. Why'd you do that? Why'd you make a difference for so, so I think it was important for me to understand that reentry was a process. And that process started the moment that the handcuffs went on. And that I didn't have to wait to be free um, to start that work. I was in a place where people needed assistance with their trauma and with challenges and the different things that they had experienced that had led to some of the bad decisions that they had made that had led them to prison. And a lot of those things are huge social issues that we're having conversations about that have been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. Such as poverty, such as unemployment, such as people, Such as racism. Such as racism. Institutional racism. Absolutely, such as class. Such as health. Jump in, Michael. One yeah. of the first programs he started, I remember when I started hearing him with this dialogue, it was foreign to me. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing there? He said, oh, I'm, I'm mentoring um, the, the young men that's coming here that, that have HIV. And I was like, huh? It was, I, I couldn't, this is What like, did that mean to you? I never done time, so I never knew, all, all I knew was what people would tell me when they would come home, and you hear the horror stories. So I'm thinking, my little nephew is in there with this, with this, this dark, and he's, he's, I go see him, and you know, we, I would leave the visit, I would be crying, and he would be like, Why were you crying? Because I couldn't take, the, you know, there's a picture in, 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 um, when, in raising a system, when I go to his prison, his cell, excuse me, and uh, he she pulls up a picture of me, him, and another man in the picture. He was 15 years old. I used to take him on the road. We, they had special ID to take him up the, up north, right, to go visit our cousin who was then in prison for the same thing. And then three years later, thinking like, okay, this is we can go visit our family because we don't abandon our family, and I can also show my nephew this. This is what you don't want, right? right. And three years later. That's exactly what happened for the same situ well, same circumstance. Circumstance, I say. right? So you while know, on break from Bible college, which are, okay, so this is yeah, you know, this was you know, this is my nephew. Years of yeah, age. on break age, from, boy, Bible from Bible college. college. Didn't smoke, didn't drink, didn't sell drugs, didn't do drugs. We're talking. This is my nephew. I, we, my, you know, from ba uh, so 
him going into this situation that I only heard about and I only heard bad about, I was happy. It, it was it was very traumatizing. And then, but the other side of that is, as you know, time went on, and I would talk to him, go to visit him. He had this glow about him that I just didn't, I didn't really get. Mm-hmm. But he started, I would say, about. I would say within five years of him being there, I remember him mentioning this conversation about him mentoring or working with people coming in the prison that had HIV and 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 AIDS issues, like Absolutely. health issues. He would help to, and I didn't know what that looked like, what it sounded like. It was just foreign. But you know, it's so interesting that had an impact on you, and clearly had an impact on you, and and ultimately over time. Uh, had an impact on the governor and others who granted that clemency. By the way, if you're just tuning in, I want to give a, a reintroduction where I'm speaking with my far right, Michael K. Williams, an actor who you recognize from The Wire, from um, Boardwalk Empire, from so many other. He's just an extraordinary artist um, who cares deeply about the issues that are being explored here at this conference, the annual reentry conference from. Uh, the Road to Salvation from Addiction to Employment, and also his nephew, Dominic DuPont, who's a program director at a terrific program called Making Kids Win. Let's do this. This whole Making Kids Win, you started it. Yes, sir. What year? Do you remember? Um, This was, it was during the wire years, I'll tell you that much. Um, Hold on. During the wire years, when you were dealing with your addiction issues on the streets of Newark? You start a program? Yeah, while I was dealing with my addiction issues on the streets of Newark and filming The Wire on the streets of Baltimore, um, I I was uh, uh, the Professor uh, Charles Ogletree from yeah. Harvard University. The great yes, Charles sir. Ogletree. The great Charles. People, people, our fans on PBS remember him. He used to do a series of roundtable discussions on the Constitution and law. Uh, check him out. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, oh, please. <clears throat> um, and so he had started the first, at least at my knowledge, the first uh, Wire 101 class for his at his law department in law uh, 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 department at Harvard. So um, I guess at the end of that first sem- that first semester, he had wanted to reward the uh, class with a visit from the cast of The Wire. So he assembled, you know, and he just bring us and meet, meet and greet, whatever. So you're up at Harvard? Yeah. Only they haven't invited was, me yet, but go ahead. You know, they didn't realize <laughs> they invited the sickest, the sickest puppies in the bunch. You know, Sonia Song, Wendell Pierce, Andre Royo, Jamie Hector, you know, myself, uh, uh, Do- 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 Donnie Andrews, God bless his soul, who, was, who, who, who the character Omar was really based on, right? Mm-hmm. We went up there, and the first thing we said was, uh, if you're here to talk about Hollywood, you got the wrong crew. We all got very personal issues with our own personal uh, relationships to the why, to the, sto- the stories that the, and the people that these, these, the, that these stories are being told about. And we want to talk about the change that needs to be done so there'll be no more television shows like The Wire. That was how we went in on that. And needless to say, that turned into a relationship with us and Harvard, and, and over the space of about two to three years, several uh, symposiums, I think believe they right. call them, and, and, and Ogletree took me under his wing, and throughout these years, he started, he'd always pull me aside and say, you know, Mike, so when are you gonna start your, um, your nonprofit? And I was like, no, 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 no tree, you know, you must be talking about Jamie. I know we're both dark skin, he has a scar too, but he's, he's doing moving mountains, I, that's wrong, wrong guy. <laughs> so he's like, oh my God, I'm talking about you. And he kept nudging that over the space of these two to three years where I, um, I broke down in tears one day at Harvard and I said, the reason why I don't wanna do this is because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do it. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the education. You didn't have the confidence? No. Despite your stardom. 
despite the fact that you had so many fans, me just being one of millions, that didn't do anything for your sense of self? I didn't think I had a voice that, I didn't think my voice mattered at, at that point, still at that point in my life. Where we come from, I didn't think my voice mattered. Who's gonna wanna support me in, in an organization that I wanna help my Who's gonna community? give you money? Who's gonna, give, who's gonna believe me or give me money? I, and, and you know what they said to me? Don't worry about that. We'll take care of that for you. All you gotta do is what, bring what you already have, passion. That's right. And, they and that's put, how it started? And Professor Ogletree put these young ladies, his students around me, and they put all the nuts and bolts together and they, we, and they, they registered, you know. Um, but it didn't, it didn't become, I didn't do anything with that, that's what full record, until he came home. L let he me ask you, Dominic. spark. <laughs> so you, you come out. Tell everyone when you, when you got out. So I got released January 22nd, 2018. You come out. You know what your uncle's been doing. You know his stardom. You know also know his struggle to the degree you can. Absolutely. Right? What do you think you owe at that point to him and to so many others who are struggling? Yeah, so I, at that point, I really had a desire to make sure that I continue the work that I was doing in the prison. For me, it was work that was really relevant. It was really important. And I wanted to find a way to make sure that I could still tap into what the community needed. Mm. So I left the prison community and came into the community as a whole. And I was like, look, you know, Michael, I, I, and, and there's a part in the documentary where we speak about that. And he's, he's even a polite version of, can I keep it real with you? Keep <laughs> it real. He, this dude is a, is a pit bull. He does, he, he, he sat me down in a visit one day. This your nephew? This is my nephew. This is before he knew he was going to be, it was no knowledge of the clemency, but he, he spoke it, right? We in a visit one day. There's no cameras, right? He's like, listen, Unc, we need to insulate you. Insulate. Yes, that's the word he used, bro. He says, um, yo, we need to put a head, we, we gotta, we gotta like insulate you. That's the word he kept using. And I, and I knew in my heart what that meant. What right? does it mean for the it rest means of us? I need to be more careful around the people I keep around me. I need a stronger team around me, more efficient people, you know, and more thinkers. You know, people that will tell me what I need to hear, not what I want to hear, right? No, I'm just I'm not talking about people just to hang with. No, 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 no. Because he saw, he saw the vision in a sense, maybe not really saw it, but he saw it, right? And oh, when he started, we, me and him started this dialogue, I would say the, the last year and a half of his incarceration, he brought this in a visit. He called me to the visit and said, we, that was the topic, we're going to insulate you, is the term that he used, right? It was during the last two years of us figuring out how that looked, I got this vision. I said, you know, I said, this is starting to make sense now. Mm. I think that whatever platform that was given to me in entertainment is not random that these characters, if you look at all the characters that I right. played, they, they tell a narrative in a sense, right? That's not coincidental, right? I believe that that was laying foundation for when this man came home to for him to step onto that platform to do the real work. Like, he's the real star. I'm here with him, right? You know, you're, you're a just, team. Let me try this. For those of us who were pretty protected growing up and insulated, and those who may never have been in a city growing up, explain, and it doesn't, not only a city, explain to folks the kinds of challenges and struggles the young men and young women we are talking about who often wind up incarcerated, who this conference is all about, to try to get them to re-enter society complicated by drug addiction. 
Loaded question, I know. But, Talk to us. Can I, can I, will you, sure. First of all, we, we our, our narrative need to, needs to change in regards to our community, right? We're talking about the community we're talking about. The, we, we talk about programming. First of all, it's not, it's not brain surgery. There, there, there's no resources. These are human, these are young adolescent minds. Just like, it does, it's not, we, we need to change the question of why are you acting like that? Like, you know, like, what can we do to prevent this? Is, what What's the right question? So we're looking, what can we do to prevent this? That's so the question words, we should be asking. The, yes. Not why did you do it? Exactly. So you, we talk about the, the neighborhoods that are insulated. You know why they insulate what they're insulated with? Normal activity programs, outlets for their children to go and exercise. Resources. And resources. Long story short. It's the, so we talk about this for my community. You know, I'm, sh I'm changing the narrative. It's not, we're not, I'm not asking for anything great. This is the, it, it's like, not put, can you please put it here? What's taking you so long? Why, why is this not here for my, my young people, my children? There's nothing for them to do. But part of it is you're changing it yourselves. You're changing the narrative yourselves with the work you're doing. Fair well, to say? Well, 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 we don't have an option to do anything else. What do you mean? Uh, uh, Got about I, a minute what, left, go what, ahead. What I mean is that we as a community, we are losing generations and generations of young people. We are charged with a to, responsibility. To incarceration, to addiction, to, and to death. Absolutely. And, trauma, and, too. And trauma. And, and this idea that some kids are fighting for a second chance that come from our communities, the real issue is that a lot of our kids are just fighting for a first. And that concerns me. We are the land of the free. Why is poverty not a crime? Why are our young people why is this happening? Why are we allowing this to happen? And our goal is to make sure that we find effective ways to make sure that we prevent losing another generation. Um, gentlemen, you honor us by taking this much time to be with us, to talk with us, to share with us, to offer your, a piece of your very powerful and compelling stories at this annual uh, conference, the reentry conference, um, the road to salvation from addiction to employment to Michael K. Williams, um, the actor who I, I, Chalky White isn't, is a character, but Chalky White and Broadwalk Empire would never have been that character if not for you and your colleagues and also The Wire, your work there speaks for itself. And Dominic DuPont, you, you've just been out for a relatively short period of time, the program director at Making Kids Win, but we are, we know you're going to continue making a difference every day. So you honor us by being with us. Thank, Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you so much. We're honored. Thank you for having Thank us. You. Thank you. It's one of the more powerful interviews I remember doing in the three decades I've been a broadcaster with uh, Michael K. Williams and Dominic DuPont. We're, we're joined back again on the line with uh, Governor Jim McGreevy, who is the chair of New Jersey Reentry Corporation. They sponsored this conference over at St. Peter's University. Jim, what's the biggest takeaway? you got about a minute left. What should people take away from all this? The, the biggest takeaway is if you have a son or daughter that is coming out of jail or going into jail or prison or addiction treatment or you know somebody in trouble, Go to our website, NJ Reentry, that's R-E-E-N-T-R-Y.org. And thanks to Governor Murphy and President Sweeney and Speaker Coughlin, they finance. And our job every single day of the week is to help people that are either addicted or have a life of crime and need help with legal services, medical services, employment and training, mental health and addiction. So put us to work. We need to be of service to those that are broken and those that want to live a healthy life. And so please give us an opportunity to serve you and your loved ones. And Stephen, from the bottom of my heart, thank you to you, to Michael, to Dominic, 
because if we save one, we're doing something right. That was Governor Jim McGreevy, who is the chair of New Jersey Reentry Corporation. If you wonder what has the governor been doing since he left office, he's been making a difference. So thank you, Governor. This has been a very special edition of Think Tank, the podcast. We'll be back next week. Once again, check you out then. You may not have heard of Taver. Raj and Sandhya have. It's the minimally invasive alternative to open-heart valve replacement. RWJ Barnabas Health is New Jersey's leading TAVR provider, and we continue to perfect it. Patients are often back to their lives in just a few days. Innovative valve replacement surgery, because you can't be replaced. RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together. Think Tank, the podcast with me, Steve Adubato, is brought to you by these public-spirited organizations. Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey, RWJ Barnabas Health, Guarini Institute for Government and Leadership at St. Peter's University, the law firm of Gibbons PC, New Jersey Sharing Network, Valley Bank, and by Johnson & Johnson. Transportation provided by Airbrook Limousine, serving the metropolitan New York, New Jersey area. I work for Horizon Blue Cross Blue Shield and I'm a catastrophic case manager. I'm a nurse. I feel a sense of responsibility to each and every member that I speak with on the phone. I know where they live, I know their towns, I know the hospitals they go to. A lot of times I know their physicians and um, I love helping people at very difficult times of their lives. The job I have now is the perfect job for me. I think I was born a nurse. <laughs>